All right, all right, here we are yet again with another episode of English and Coffee. It's your wonderful host, Demion. And today we are recording across from Parker's. I'm not going to say in the McDonald's parking lot because I'm sure you're already used to that, but it's a different McDonald's location across from Parker's sitting here. And today we are going to talk about three signs of fluency in your language journey. Things that let you know that you're on the right path. I know sometimes when you're studying a language, you can be wondering, oh, am I doing the right thing? Is looking at all these charts and <clears throat> watching these shows and repeating these words and doing these vocab drills, is it really helping my language growth? Well, there's a few signs to let you know. Now, of course, there's more than just three signs, but today we'll just lightly focus on three signs, little indicators to let you know that you're on the right path. So we're going to take a sip of this iced caramel coffee. And we're going to get into it. You may hear some noise in the background. I've got a few people around me. Got motorcycles, vehicles, people walking around, cars parking, different things. But we're going to go ahead and start it. And let's go. All right, so as I said, there's a lot of commotion and stuff around my, uh, my vehicle, but we're going to go ahead and make this thing as straightforward as we can. One of the first signs we're going to get into is you find that one of the first signs is you find that you have less reliance on dictionaries, right? What do I mean by that? You know how in the beginning when you first start learning a language, you're looking up every other word. You're trying to find out what this word means, trying to find out what that word means, right? You hear something, you're looking it up, you're writing it down on your notepad trying to figure out what it all means. You're looking for the definition in your native language. You're not looking up the definition in the foreign language that you're studying. You're looking it up in your native language to understand the word because you, the, the gap of vocabulary is pretty vast at that point. So you need tools such as a dictionary with both your native language and the foreign language you're studying in the same book just to give you context, right? Keep you, keep you within bounds. But as you start to get to that level of fluency, being conversationally fluent, you no longer have that big reliance on such tools. That's one. Another sign is going to be I'm looking at a list here. I put a list together of three. Well, it's actually a five, but I'm going to give you three because I just didn't know how long I would talk about each point. Another one is understanding the main idea of a conversation or text, even if you don't know all of the words. So now how does this play out? This would be where, let's say you have, since you're studying English, let's say you have some American friends, right? Or British friends, and they're speaking English, right? Now, you don't understand everything they're saying, but you understand the gist of it. They could be having a, pol a political conversation, you know, talking about presidents, talking about governors and counties and all these different things. Yeah, you don't necessarily know the province and what the capital is, but you are able to ascertain that this is the topic they are talking about and somebody's either winning an election or somebody's losing an election. You're able to get the pulse of it and then you could add little small commentary here and there to it, but with basic vocabulary. This is when you're starting to find the natural rhythm of conversation. You can differentiate that this vocabulary, this set of vocabulary is distinct to politics, right? You're able to ascertain that just through hearing it. Like, you don't need anybody to break it down. You can listen to it and say, oh, they're talking some presidential stuff over here, right? Or, let's say you're fishing on the bank, right? And there's two fishermen. They're sitting there talking, talking about sinkers, plugs, hooks, line, 
weight capacity, reels, rods. You know, they're getting deep into the technicals, but you could tell they're talking about fishing. Now, yeah, you can't sit here and break down all the lure presentations and the trigger methods or trolling or whatever techniques they're using, but you can tell that that's fishing. You know, if you wanted to learn about more about that, then you would increase your vocabulary on fishing. So just being able to quickly differentiate what the topic is, what the main idea is, whether they're discussing a strategy or a process, those are also other signs. Now, you may find that when you're watching a YouTube video, right? Hopefully, you use YouTube because that's a great resource for learning a language, especially when you're looking uh, or watching or paying attention to native speakers. And they're on there just talking about their day-to-day. -day. They're cleaning their room, washing cars, cleaning cars, changing parts, building houses, maybe even surgeons, medical doctors, comedy shows, sketches. But when you're able to get the context, even if you don't know, every single word you're able to get the context that's also another sign now when i said using the the conversation well i didn't get to that yet that's going to be point three point three would be you can immediately use new phrases and vocab that you hear in a live conversation so let's say you're at your job at the water cooler having the water cooler conversation and one of the people comes up to you and they're telling you um, about the football game. They're sitting there telling you uh, the Raiders won the game last night. They scored a touchdown. Now, you've never heard the word touchdown before in your life, right? Let's just say you don't even know anything about football, right? And they're telling you that the Raiders scored a touchdown at the 50-yard line. You're able to say, oh, they scored a touchdown. How did they do it? Because you can tell the touchdown is a noun. And you could already tell just from the context that it's an achievement. You don't necessarily know what a touchdown is, but you can say, oh, how did they score the touchdown? And then he's going to tell you, well, so-and-so ran the ball up 30 yards and jumped over the quarterback or whatever like that, right? He's going to break the game down to you, and you get deeper in the conversation. But you were able to just, from the context and the way that you heard the word touchdown, you were able to tell that it was a noun. You were also able to tell that, the way he was speaking about it, that the ball was moving in some sort of a direction. So then you're like, well, is touchdown of a verb? You know, I got a touchdown or the ball just touched down, you know, or is it a distance, is it a location? You're able to just quickly, you know, sort out the facts. But I mean, of course, you wouldn't go through that whole 12-step process of breaking down the idea, but just in real time, you would be able to determine that a touchdown was something to achieve. A touchdown was a good thing. Or let's say uh, you're out there in a restaurant and you overhear a conversation. There's an argument between a guy and a girl. They're having an argument. She's saying, well, you cheated on me and you did this, you did that. And he's trying to justify his reasons for making the mistake that he did. Now, of course, you don't know all the people they're talking about. They could be naming off names like Sarah, Tyrone, Trinity, Justin, Jennifer. You don't know who those people are. But you could just tell by the pitch of their voice, the tone in their voice, the words they're using, the emotions on their face, that this is an argument. It's a heated argument. You could tell who's winning the argument. You could tell who's losing the argument. And then you may hear a few phrases when he tells her to be quiet and get out of his face. Or when she says, I'm leaving the house, I'm taking the kids, these strong statements. You're able to tell which parts of the argument are more important than others. And then if you wanted to use them in your own conversation, you could easily, right? So this is the reason a lot of people like to watch movies. I would say watch emotionally charged films, right? 
listen to emotionally charged music because these are going to have the most, what do you say, uh, pungent points, you know, the most, uh, would say, uh, excited moments that just exemplify the emotion and the phrase. Easier to remember when you take things in context like that because it's already, the context is already there. All you need to do is just apply it to a similar situation. So if you're having an argument with your girlfriend or your boyfriend and they're getting loud and rowdy with you, you can drop one of those bombs if you're ready to storm out. You say, okay, well, I'm taking the kids and leaving, right? Of course, by that point, you already know what a kid is, right? Your son or your daughter, twins, whatever you got going on, right? Now, let's see, another point, well, I guess the third point, probably already given you more than three, but the third point or fourth point that I want to go to is dreaming in the language. So when I started learning uh, Russian in the very beginning, I didn't have any dreams in the foreign language at all. But I would say, I don't know, maybe a year, year and some change in, I started to have little short dreams where I was speaking in the language. And then they became more frequent, right? So I would say altogether, I've had about maybe five dreams, you know, in Russian. And each time I had one of those dreams, I knew that was a sign that I was hitting another level. My brain had consolidated the information. I was understanding things that I didn't even know I knew, right? So I learned to believe that my brain processes the information quicker than I can keep up with, right? So I started to trust in the fact that my mind was absorbing all of this information, all of these words, without me, you know, my conscious even being aware that this was taking place. That's why they always say, you know, if you listen to something before bed, you have a better chance of remembering it in the morning because your brain will continue to work on it. So that's why I always tell people to front load, front load your learning. Like, even if you don't understand what somebody's saying, listen to it. You know, it's like, well, I don't listen to, I don't watch, uh, let's see, the Big Bang Theory because I don't understand all the English there. Doesn't matter, watch it anyway, if it's in the language that you want to learn. Because through repetition, through hearing it, your brain is learning more than you can even comprehend. You ever, you ever find yourself in a conversation to where you're talking and then some phrase comes out of nowhere and it's just as smooth as butter and you're like, man, you're just impressed with yourself. Like, how did I even do that? Well, it's because your brain was working on it while you were sleeping, while you weren't even thinking about it, unconsciously aware, your brain was able to just grab that out of the, the bag of tricks that you front loaded. So I tell people always listen, you know, just have a stream of English on at all times. Just have a stream of English on at all times. Listen to English music, you know, music with words. Some people out there just like to listen to instrumentals and things without words, but you need the words, especially with singers. It's the quickest way to understand the pronunciation, to pick up key phrases, colloquial phrases, idioms, because that's all they sing about. If you like love, if you're a romantic, listen to love songs. If you're somebody who's very aggressive or has a lot of anger, listen to rock, you know. Not the soft rock, but you're going to listen to any like heavy metal, right? Um, there's a lot of ways that you can kind of focus your, your studies or just your attention on stuff that's actually going to fit your personality and help you get to where you want to go. But so as not to make this too deep or confusing for those just joining us or those that are still kind of struggling to grasp the whole concept of English and understand what kind of grip they have on it, these were just a few signs that'll let you know where you are in regards to becoming conversationally fluent in English. So again, key points, 
you have less reliance on dictionaries, right? You're able to take and utilize new phrases, idioms, vocab in a live conversation the moment you hear it, right? They say touchdown in their context, you can use that word whether you know how to use it or not or what it means, you can use it right there on the spot. If somebody comes in, you know, you're in a medical room, a waiting room, you already know the guy had a heart attack, and the doctor comes in, he says, well, his heart is palpitating. You know, it's going up, it's going down. He said his heart's palpitating, it's going up and going down. So that, what does that tell you? It's beating very fast, right? It's going up, it's going down. You're able to just take that right out of the context. Like, you don't even know what a heart palpitation is, but you could just tell by the way the doctor is speaking about it that this guy's heart is just having some irregular fluctuations, right? Another one, to recap, I have to go back here and look at my um, little points that I wrote down. Because like I said, this, this podcast is just free speech. I just talk, I go in with the main idea. But I find here lately, sometimes I like to have a little, just a little idea, a little key word here just to keep me on point because sometimes we can just get out there, you know, which is a great thing. But sometimes, you know, just one little tidbit. So dreaming in the foreign language, key. If you're, if you're having a dream, you know, you're at work and you're saying, hi, mom, or you're talking to somebody in English, that is a good sign. If you start to have dreams like that, not saying everybody will have dreams like that, but if you start to have dreams where you are speaking in English, it doesn't even have to be a full-fledged conversation. It doesn't even have to be you speaking. It could be you walking by a television, listening to the radio in your dream, words on the wall, you're reading a book, there's a magazine, it's in English, Right? It's in English and you understand it and you're reading it. Those are good things. And the last one is understanding the main idea of a conversation or text, even if you don't know all the words. Reading a book and you've got about, what, 70% of the language or even 50% of the language, depending on the text. You know, you don't need a breakdown. You don't need somebody sitting here explaining to you that, you know, the, the main character has died and he's looking for his killer you know his ghost is looking for the killer like you don't need somebody to break that all down to you then you're you're on the path now there's several signs but those are just a few few things you could look for if you're stuck and you're wondering am i progressing in my study of the english language and you just want to know how close am i i am to becoming fluent those are a few things you can look for it's not an exhaustive list but it's a few things well we're going to take another sip We're going to keep this one short, and I'm sure it's action-packed as always. I enjoyed being here with you, and I will see you in the next one.